Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Cool, cool. Welcome to church, everybody. We are the church. We're welcome to us together, the church gathered. My name's Brad. I'm one of the pastors. Thanks, Tom, here. And it's great to be with you. If you haven't figured out that it's Palm Sunday yet, you were sleeping. <laughs> Palm Sunday. Great to be here. Hey, just before we get into the word this morning, I'm excited to share with you about as we lead into Easter, uh, just a, a quick announcement. Um, we have an operations team as a part of the church, which look after that team, committee team, looks after our building, our finance, uh, maintenance, uh, and special some special projects. And just at the last meeting, it was brought to our attention that there is some, some urgent need for some soundproofing. Uh, in the building, both to love our neighbours who are hearing we have a lot of usage happening in the building now more, and so there's some soundproofing that is needing to be done. And so that's going to be happening, um, and also to the sound and the music in here, you can still have good conversations in there. So there's going to be some soundproofing going on. I just want to let you know because you'll notice a, a wall going up at the back and that sort of thing, um, just so you're aware. And, and praise God, this is, uh, has all been donated, so the call for donations and someone has do- people have donated to make that happen. So that's going to be happening in the m- near future, but just letting you know that's not a part of any uh, other... Um, building program or plan or anything like that, just a bit of soundproofing that needs done. So thanks, operations team. We've got a great operations team and l- l- learning to uh, how all the functions of structures work in church is quite interesting and good and some effective stuff happening. All good. So let me pray and we're going to get into Palm Sunday this morning. Father, we do thank you so much that we can worship you in freedom and that we worship a living God. We thank you today that the kids are in with us, Lord, and we just welcome any noise there. We're a family, so that's okay. We're thankful for kids. We're thankful for the next generation, Lord, and we just pray, I pray that my words would not just hit home in adult hearts, but in young people's hearts this morning. That'll be word from you this morning, Lord. That's really what we're here about, Father. We're, we're here gathered because we love you. Just also pray for anyone here, maybe just checking you out, just not not sure where they stand with God, not sure about this whole Jesus thing, that you would speak into their heart this morning, and we want you to know you're so welcome at this church. Anybody is welcome. We love you, and everybody with faith said, Amen. amen, amen. Palm Sunday, known as the triumphal entry of Jesus going into Jerusalem to begin what we know as Passion Week, this this week, last week of Jesus' earthly life. Sort of, because we know, spoiler alert, he gets risen from the dead. Next Sunday we'll talk about that. Uh, And actually, Tim's preaching on Good Friday because I thought, Tim can do the funeral, I'll do the resurrection. That's just when when you have a bit of authority, you use it to your advantage. But uh, so, Tim, and it's going to be a wonderful service gathering around the cross. It's going to be a real reflective time. Looking forward to what God's put on Tim's heart and then uh, Sunday. But this whole Passion Week or, or Holy Week uh, and powerful things happen. Don't you know that so much happens in this week in the life of Jesus? And I'm not going to be able to go through it all, of course, but I want to focus in on this, this Palm Sunday when Jesus is riding in to Jerusalem. As uh, was alluded to there in that little funny skit guy, um, skit, the interesting thing about this week, and we're going to read from the Gospel of John if you want to go there, John chapter 12 shortly, but it's interesting that when Jesus ministered to people, so when, when Jesus would often perform a miracle or, or do something amazing, he always would say, keep your mouth shut about this. He would always say, don't, you don't have to go and tell everyone. What he was doing was very interesting. He was keeping his identity secret. 
He knew it was not time for this to happen, but it's something interesting. This time, his identity basically is, is, is going for, on show for all. It's very interesting because who knows, in the Old Testament, God's people always wanted a king. And it broke the prophet's heart that they couldn't just be satisfied with God as their king in the Old Testament. No, we, we want a king like the other nations. And the, for thousands of years, they, they wanted a king, and, and these kings that they would get would fail. Because they're earthly kings, amen? You've got to see that this morning. And they would fail and they'd get another king and they, they would turn against another king and another king. They've always been looking for the king. But in the prophecies, the prophets would say, there is coming a king that will never fail you. There is a coming a king. He is the Messiah, the anointed one, the one from God, the one you're waiting for that will relieve you of all your oppression, that will set you free. And they're thinking, yes, I want a king like that. Because in the Old Testament, the old kings would ride on war horses and would have military force for their day and would be strong and mighty. And they're waiting for the day that the king would come. But Jesus, this day, it's, not, it's interesting because in John 11, before John 12, which we're going to read, notice he raises Lazarus from the dead. A significant moment in his ministry where he cannot now help but everything going public with his identity. I mean, a good dead raising will bring attention to your ministry. <laughs> It'll bring attention to who you are. And his popularity, two things happened when he raised Lazarus from the dead. And this is just me thinking as I meditate on scripture, thinking about it. It must have been a big call for Jesus because his time was coming. Fully God, fully man. But thinking, is this, if I raise Lazarus from the dead, this is going to change everything. And it really did. This is going to change everything because two things happened. His popularity went through the roof and his opposition went through the roof. It was at this moment they wanted to, they decided, the Pharisees, the churches decided, we're going to kill this Jesus. And they set out to kill him. Not only that, they also made a plan to set out to kill Lazarus. Because who knows, a dead person walking around back to life is the best testimony a church can have. Amen. And that's the testimony we're believing for here. Spiritually dead, now alive in Christ. There's been a change and I'm walking around. And uh, so that was, this is the context that we get to John 12. And uh, we get to this context also where Jesus allows a woman to anoint him with this expensive, expensive perfume, which is a significant thing of preparing for burial. So his time is coming. This week in history is not just a, a, it is a powerful moment. This day had been awaited for thousands of years in a way. And here it comes, John 12, verse 12. You ready? Okay, you and me are. Here we go. The next day, the great crowd, see that the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Do we sing that this morning? Good, good timing for that song this morning. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed, catch this, is the king of Israel. The king. So the word Hosanna means save now. The word Hosanna, I often think of it as just like, praise ye Lord, I'm singing Hosanna. But it actually means save now. Because that's what they were crying out. And it's also a, a, a word of victory that it's, it's got sort of two, I find it coupled with save us now, we're under oppression. But they're also singing it in victory because you are the king, you're saving us now. 
So there's this celebration that we need saving, but we've got it because there's faith in this, in this song. There's faith in this, blessed is the King of Israel. It says this in verse 14, Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. You've got to catch this verse 16 because this is important to understand what was going through the disciples' head because often we read the Bible and think we'd do such a better job than the disciples. I do. I'm like, I, could, oh, I wouldn't have been like that. I doubted so much. But really, I think, well, I think I would have struggled. It says here, um, at first, the disciples did not understand all this. Fair enough. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realise that these things had been written about him. Catch that? So only after? So maybe they weren't as theologically sound as they thought they were. But then they realised, oh, these are written about him, that these things had to be done to him. Verse 17, now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. The gossip was going viral. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, catch this, the Pharisees, the religious people. So we've got the disciples, we've got people going out to have a look and we've got the religious people. The Pharisees said, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Jerusalem would have been a busy place. Lots, lots of people. Huge crowd, looking like, to their words, the whole world is going after him. And, and, And I love that thought where it says, many people, because of what he did with Lazarus, went out. See, we all come to Jesus often with different motivations. Some there are just looking to criticize and to complain and to find a way to stop him. Some there are devoted disciples. Some there are living testimonies. And some are just there to see what they can get out of it. See if he can meet my needs. And we all come to Jesus a little bit different. And I could ask us a question this morning. Examine your heart. Why did you come to church this morning? Why are you here? Because there was a great crowd there that day. And it looks great when you read the whole world going after him. But really? Because we're about to see what happens next. This significant day prophesied hundreds of years earlier in the next slide. Zechariah 9.9 says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey. Not just a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey, a young donkey. Hundreds of years earlier, this was written and Jesus was now in Matthew you'll see all through Matthew that Jesus fulfills prophecy and he, he knows his time is coming because he knows the prophecy he knows the scriptures grown up and learned it in his human mind in his humanity learned and understood the Messiah would come understood who he was his identity is now revealed and, and he's fulfilling scripture so he knows things are about to get real in the life of his ministry and I love that thought where it says rejoice shout Get excited. Your king is righteous, but he's also victorious. And then it just throws me when it says, and he's on a donkey. (laughs) I love the joy and praise in this event. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I I love how they were all out there with their palm branches and their, their excitement. But I want to ask us a question this morning. And the question that I have is how in five days can they go from Hosanna, Hosanna, crown him to crucify him 
on Friday. The same crowd, the same people, the same Jesus going from a huge crowd that would say, praise you, praise him, King, to no one but voices crying, crucify him. It's a striking thought, isn't it? And I want to dive into that a little bit right now in, in Matthew 27, 21, when uh, Jesus had been arrested and, uh, you know, uh, Pilate realized that, that um, he's an innocent man and his wife was having uh, tormentious dreams about this. And anyway, they, they had an opportunity to release a prisoner. And of course, if you know the story, they get to release this prisoner and they got a choice between this, this notorious uh, criminal uh, Barabbas and Jesus. And this is what it says in uh, Matthew 27, 21, which of the two do you want me to release? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? See that? Because five days earlier, today, Palm Sunday, he's fulfilling Messianic prophecy. He is the awaited one. He is God with skin on. Pilate asked, they all answered, this is what we want you to do, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. What happened to this crowd? Now, I don't want to go too far into it and get confused. And we know that this had to happen. We know that Jesus was on a love mission for you and me. I get that. But I'm really interested as I look at the human condition, how we can often go from crown him, everything's going great. Here's my palm branch, praise him to crucify him or to like, where, what's going on? I don't understand. And sometimes we can even live in that tension ourselves when we face a cross experience, when we face our own Good Friday experience, that when it looks like everything's going wrong, it looks like we're on our own and suddenly praise is not so natural that is the truth praise becomes not so natural but I want to encourage us this morning how to hold on to your hosanna <laughs> that's my title how to hold on to your hosanna how to keep your palm branch up firstly the number first thing I want to bring about talk about is that one way to hold on to your hosanna in hard times when things get confusing is to Understand that God does not always do what you expect him to do. That's a real liberating truth if we can radically accept that God will not always do what Brad expects him to do. We see in, the, in our text that Jesus comes riding on a donkey. And as, as I said, when they think of David and they think of the kings of old, they would think of him on war horses. And so straight away, Jesus is being the unexpected king. He is not the king maybe they wanted. They're under this oppression and they need this freedom from the Romans who were oppressing them. And you're going to come on a donkey. A donkey signifies two things, humility and peace. It is the peace animal. And Jesus is riding not in war, but he's coming as the prince of peace. And they didn't understand what type of peace is this. They wanted political peace. Don't we want some political peace in our world sometimes? They wanted military peace. They wanted oppressive peace. They wanted natural, physical peace. And Jesus is riding in and he's making a statement that was unexpected, which is the greatest peace you need is not political peace, is not world peace, it's spiritual peace. That's what he's offering. I'm coming in unexpected because you don't know your greatest need is the peace on the dark, sin-sick heart that is not right with God, that needs cleansing and forgiving. That's the peace he's bringing. And it's unexpected. And sometimes if you, you will lose your hosanna when Jesus does something that you didn't expect or want him to do. Does that make sense? A donkey. And then he comes with the, the branches. And palm branches were 
symbolizing victory. They were symbolizing royalty. They would do that for the kings that would come in and, and the horse would ride on them. So you could just imagine the scene. And again, he didn't bring the type of victory they were expecting. Isn't that the truth? Under the oppression they were on, they were thinking, I can't wait to get him on a crown and five days later, get him, on a, get, get, his, get him with a crown on and I can't wait to get him on a throne, but five days later, he's on a cross and my palms have turned to thorns and he's bleeding to death. Jesus, what is going on here? What type of victory is this? What type of king is this that comes? And the thing is we, that he's making a statement, the type of victory I bring is a victory that we all need, all humanity needs, the victory over sin and death. The real victory that he was bringing was not to lift them up and give them the power and to be the greatest nation that they wanted to be, but was to get on the inside of them and start an internal revival of heart. And that's the greatest victory. And that's what he was doing Palm Sunday as he comes in. He doesn't look like the expected king. So let me ask you a question. What do you do when God doesn't show up like you expect him? What do we do when God doesn't show up like we think he should? Because, like I said, there was heaps of different people there with heaps of different expectations. And when Jesus didn't show up like they thought he should, the palm branches went down. The, the, the Hosannas had no voice. And we see that they essentially dropped their praise. And my challenge for us is this morning is when life for you gets dark, when things go unexpected, when, when, when it just doesn't make sense, do you still have a palm to give? Do you still have a praise in your mouth? Because, you know, God is the God, not just of the good times, but of the bad times as well. And life is just life. And we will all go through good days and bad days, happy days and sad days. Not every day will be a palm branch day. Sometimes they are called weeping willow days. That's a different kind of tree. And it's also talked about in the Bible. We're weeping a willow day. And now often we, have a, we can have palm days where everything's going great and we've got our praise on and we're thankful because my marriage is good, my kids are healthy, that I've got enough money for this time I'm in, I'm happy, everything's content, and I've got a palm going up. But what do you do when it's a weeping willow day and you get the unexpected phone call that drops you? What do you do when it's a weeping willow day and you get the, get the person reject you? A weeping willow day and the bills come that doesn't add up and you can't make sense of how it's going to work. The weeping willow day when something happens in your family and you just don't know why and suddenly the palm branches go down. And I'm not saying you should be a fake person and not get upset, but does that cause you, like this crowd, not to keep following Jesus? Does that cause you to go back and to go, this isn't the type of Jesus I want? I want a palm branch day every day. But the truth is you're going to have some weeping willows and we need to learn to know what it's like to keep a hosanna in our mouth, a praise on our lips, because that is the power of God in you to get through the weeping willow days. It doesn't mean everything has to be going great, but something on the inside of you will not drop your praise. The second thing I see about this is that we need to be able to hold on to our Hosanna, catch this, when everybody else leaves us. I'm not talking about everyone leaves you in that sense, but when you're on your own. Or maybe it is when somebody 
leaves you out. The people, who knows, that we see from Palm Sunday, Hosanna, crown him, to Friday, crucify him. One thing we really see is about humanity is people are fickle. People can be, can be so fickle. You really only know who's with you when you're standing at a cross. Isn't that the truth? You really only know who's on your side when you've picked up your cross and when you're facing your Good Friday, you're facing your crossroad, you're facing that hard time, that adversity, you really find out who is with you. But the good news is Jesus knew this. Jesus knew this. You know, in John 2, 24, it's not on the screen, but it's a powerful scripture that I've held on to in my life where Jesus said something about his followers and he said, Jesus would not entrust himself to them for he knew what was in people. Jesus, another version, Jesus would not fully give himself to his followers because he knew what was in them. What does that mean? It didn't mean he wasn't vulnerable. It didn't mean he wasn't authentic and real, but he wouldn't give them all of him that could be, he knew that they are fickle. He knew that they are only human. He just knew we're all human and he knew that he had to be secure in who he was. And I've held on to that because sometimes you do go through things and you look behind you and who you thought was going to be there is not there. (laughs) And you're on your own and you're facing your own cross and you thought you'd have... But you know what? It's okay. If that's what drops you, it means you had more faith in people than God. And Jesus said, my faith is not in the people with me. My faith is in God. He's trusting in him. So even though he's walking towards Calvary, and I'll save it for Tim on Friday, but even though he's walking there, he's on his own. There's not many left. There's only a few at the cross because, praise God, you have got a few people around you that will never leave you, a few that stick closer than a brother, and we need them in our life. Amen? You need some people that you can ring up. And and I've got a couple of friends, and they've said, you ring me anytime, 24-7, and I know they mean it. I know at 2 o'clock in the morning when all hell is breaking loose they will answer that phone and you've got to have some that will stay close to the cross notice one was his mum and I just want to shout out to my mum happy birthday today to my mum palm Sunday falls second to me today happy mum's birthday that's the most important day amen because if she wasn't born I wouldn't be preaching this sermon so let's all thank mum for the sermon thanks (laughs) mum okay I always get a good debrief from my sermons during the week once mums listen to them and I get my good critiques, which I appreciate. She's awesome. And Jesus' mum was there at the cross. Eh? There's some people that stuck with him. But you know what? If it throws you off, your Hosanna will leave. Crowds dwindle when you get closer to the cross. I love this quote. In your own life, think of this because Jesus had to apply this. If you live off people's praise, you'll die off people's criticism. If you live off the praise of people, it's the audience of one. And we need to remember that in, in church and in ministry and in life and in business and in family. If we, can't, if we live off their praise, we'll, we'll live off their, their adoration, then we die when we're criticized. And we need to check our hearts and come back and always know we're living for the audience of one. And he loves you. He loves you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's pleased with you. He's for you. And let him, and Jesus, as he's going to the cross, knows that his father's still with him. His Father still loves him. God is looking for a praise in you that will stay around in hard times, even when no one else is around to be your backup singer. Will you still praise him on a good Friday as the team wants to come back up? I'm not going to preach for long this morning. I'm going to close off shortly because I want to challenge us just on this simple thought as we lead into Easter about where your Hosanna lies this morning. For some of us, I wonder if our Hosanna has been hindered by circumstances. 
I wonder if, if your palm branch, you can remember a time, you actually can think, yeah, I remember when I put that branch down because of that disappointment that Jesus didn't come through the way I thought. I'm sure there's a million stories. I, 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 know, I know for some of the hardest things that I, in going through, some of the adversities when you go through, the hardest thing to do is to praise God. You know why? Because you don't feel like it. And I'm not saying to deny your feelings and be fake, but I'm saying the Bible says to put on the garment of praise. It may feel like a put on. You've got to put it on. It's a choice to praise God when you don't want to. It's a choice to say, God, it's not all going as I planned. It's not all how I liked, but I still praise you. And I don't have a palm branch, but I've got this palm here. And I lift up my hands to you. I lift up my hands and say, my life is still yours. That's the palm he's looking for this morning. And I'm not saying you have to physically lift up your hands. And some people are uncomfortable in church physically doing that. And that's totally cool. You worship God how you want, how you are authentic to you. But let me challenge you on one thing. When you're on your own, Lift up your hands to God. Man, some of the best times in my life have been just out in the paddock or just pulling over on the side of a car on the side of the road and just lifting up my hands and getting on my knees and saying, God, I just want to give you my life again. I've lost my praise. I've dropped my palm. Here's my life. And it's just, that's all lifting up your hands is. It's just a surrender. It's like when we played cowboys and Indians as kids. And as soon as you've got the gun on you, lift up your hands. You know? But this is a willful surrender. This is, here's my palm branches. Here's my praise in the problems, in the pain, in the stress. My life is still yours. And you know, when you think about it, every single person has a different, unique fingerprint. Isn't that true? You know, you all have, that's, that's how they catch the criminals. They've got their own fingerprint. So when you lift up your palm to God, you're saying, this is Brad. This is me. This is the one you created. This is the one you knit together in my mother's womb. And this is me saying a personal praise to you, God. I want to give it to you personally. My palm branch will not fall over in hard times. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. That's another sermon, that verse. But that, that, that verse, he always leads us in triumph. Or The word triumph is about a triumphal procession. It's a procession when a king has defeated an enemy and is coming back home to his place and everyone lines up and the branches come out and, and he, leads the, he leads his captives at the back and the, and the king that is defeated is basically naked and is uh, in chains and is all tied up and he's at the very back down there and all the spoils of war and he's coming in and everyone comes out to see what their king has done for them. Everyone comes out to watch and admire something they could never do but the king had done and they would praise him. They'd go, oh, here's the triumph. Don't miss the procession. And Jesus hasn't done it yet, but this is what he's inviting you into. He's inviting you into his triumph. Thanks be to God who always. So Jesus could look towards Good Friday and as he looked toward it, he could deal with the, with, with the people leaving him. He could deal with the people not understanding. He could deal with no one around because he knew that there was a triumph coming. He knew that what he was doing was going to bring real freedom and real deliverance to the people that needed it most. Hold on to your Hosanna this Easter. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what it looks like, but I know this. If you can hold on to a Hosanna that is not anchored in your circumstances, but is anchored in just the faithfulness of God. As you look at the whole Easter story and as we celebrate this, this week, we can learn that we can hold on 
to them palm branches even when going gets tough. Does that make sense? But maybe this morning you're here and you have dropped your branch. You've dropped your bundle. <laughs> You've dropped your lip. That's okay. I think we all go through times where, you know what, I just, I've, dropped my, I've dropped my branch. I've lost my Hosanna. And God would say to you this morning, I believe just from what He's put on my heart with this sermon this morning, He would just say, hey, it's okay. Pick up, pick up your palm branch and worship me anyway. Worship me if you don't understand what's going on. Worship me if it hasn't all worked out yet. You can still worship me when you're not at the solution side. In fact, that's the best time to praise and worship God is when you don't even have the solution, when you're not even at the end of the adversity because that worship positions you to praise God with a heart that's secure in Him. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray for us, a blessing over us. Then I'm going to ask our prayer, some of our prayer team to come down to the front and just be available. Father, I just want to thank you this morning. Father, that you are so faithful. I thank you, Lord, that in our fickleness, you're faithful. I thank you, Father, that even though we sometimes drop our branches and go, really, God? Really? You didn't, you didn't show up the way I thought. That you're the type of God that can heal that hurt and come back in a way and restore us. And we can pick up our branch and say, praise God. Hosanna to the King. Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna because He is the Son of God. I just pray for people right now in this room, for you and you have that adversity has caused you to just not praise like you once did. Some of you right now, you can know what it was like and you know the Bible says just return to that. Don't forsake it. Don't leave it. Return to your first love. Lift up your palms to God. Lift up your branches to God and say, God, I just give you all the glory you're saying. For some of us, I want to pray for you right now. Father, I just pray for people that have really not been able to get the Hosanna free out of their heartache. That this morning you would free their hearts and heal their hearts. And a Hosanna would rise forth and praise you, God, and praise you in spite of everything that's going on. In spite of hardship, we choose to praise you. The sacrifice of praise on our lips. I pray for them, people. I pray for a healing, Lord. Lord, I pray for a spirit of praise for some of us that feel chained up and, and have never really just praised God with all of our heart that this week we'll find a time just to say God I just want to surrender everything to you it's not a feeling it's not an emotion it's just a choice to say I am yours and I love you and I'm passionate about you and I'm sure feelings and emotions will follow them choices and that's, no, that's fine but Lord we make a choice to praise you to worship you we're going to give you all the glory and all the praise as we lift up our palm branches spiritually and say, God, we love you. And everyone with faith said, Amen. Hey, as I hand back to the worship team, feel free. This space at the front is dedicated for ministry and prayer. And you don't even have to say what you need prayer for. You just might say, can you just put, your, just put my hand on your shoulder and pray for you or the prayer team that come down. Feel free to come during the song or after. God bless you.